welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. This is a weekly podcast where we watch and discuss romantic comedies. You know, because our name doesn't really give that much away. But, hey, we do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, our mission by watching all of these romantic comedies is to learn about this misunderstood genre. Normally, we get our movies from Netflix streaming list. Um, but today we're watching something not from that list, but is essential, according to... The internet. Yeah. Various forms of the internet. Mm-hmm. So what are we watching today, Justine? We're watching 1979's Manhattan. Yay, more Woody Allen. Yes, it is more <laughs> Woody Allen. Here's the description. In this insightful slice of life, television writer Isaac Davis, who's in the throes of a midlife crisis finds himself torn between an adoring high schooler and his best friend's high-maintenance mistress. Surprise, surprise, a midlife crisis. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. (laughs) And yet terrifying at the same time. Only terrifying that he mostly based all of his work on his real life. Yeah. Yeah. More on that later. So this stars Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, and Michael Murphy. It's directed by Woody Allen. It's rated R, our first R-rated movie, which I'm surprised the last one was only PG with all that drug use. It was the 70s. Yes, it's before they'd figure out that drugs are bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an hour and 36 minutes, and it's rated four stars on Netflix. Actually, it was like three and like three quarters but I rounded it up to four. On DVD.com? Yes, on DVD.com. <laughs> the expansion of Netflix. That's right. The much better looking brother. Yeah, they kept all the, like, the, the stuff that made Netflix's interface mm-hmm. awesome in the beginning. It's true. That's very true. So there's a little bit of awards for this. Uh, the 1980s BAFTAs. It won Best Film, and it was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Mariel Hemingway and Meryl Streep, and it was nominated for Best Actor for Woody Allen and Best Director for Woody Allen, and Best Actress nomination was for Diane Keaton. But nobody won anything. No, it won Best Film, but nobody won anything. Okay. In the 1980 Golden Globe Awards, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture in the Drama category, which is surprising because it is constantly listed as a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what would have been different. Maybe it's a dramedy. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about it, really. Yeah, I know very little, aside from the description that we just read, which frightens me. Yeah. Yeah. Though I'm excited because it's got Meryl. It does have Meryl. Love Meryl. Young Meryl. We're talking about Meryl Streep if you didn't get that. Yeah. Some people don't. Anyway, you ready to watch it? I am ready. That's good, because I'm not. Let's do it. All right. Okay, we just uh, finished watching Manhattan from United Artists, and... I completely agree with Woody Allen's assessment that it was a horrible film and that uh, United Artists shouldn't release it, because it was a horrible film and United Artists shouldn't have released it. Yeah, I don't... I did not like it. (laughs) I didn't like it. Uh, I don't know if I'd hated it, but I was... I don't know. It was annoying. It was just blah. I was just bored the entire time. They were all terrible people. Yeah. Every single person was, like, terrible. Except for maybe uh, the 17-year-old. Well, she wasn't in it. I don't know how, like... Yeah. She was in it for maybe 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Total. I forgot in the beginning, there, it was nominated for two Academy Awards. I guess I just didn't copy them from the thing, but it was, like, nominated for writing and then one of the actresses. I don't know. Pick one. Meryl. Sure. I always pick Meryl. <laughs> even, when, even when she's not nominated, I pick Meryl. <laughs> Probably. Just give it to Meryl. Yeah. Uh, This is, again, based off of Woody Allen's real-life experiences. He was in a relationship with the actress Stacey Nelkin when she was 17 and a student in high school. Though he he didn't acknowledge it. Right. Until 2014 that it was... And he he never says that it's about her. 
but it was it was about her. Mm-hmm. Just based on the limited information. Yep, a little bit of that, a little bit of Annie Hall. He just writes about his life, and I'm just not interested. He's so whiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be anything new to say to this movie that we didn't say in Annie Hall. Yeah, it's just... I actually like Annie Hall better because it was funnier, and it had the use of the interesting film techniques. Yeah. This... This was Annie Hall without any of that. I don't even consider it Annie Hall because it was just, like, this guy whining about these three women. One was writing a book about him, and she left him for a woman, so he was whining about that because that was emasculating, Mm -hmm. which, in reality, I would probably leave Woody Allen, too, because he just whines about everything. Yeah, and I would definitely want to cleanse my palate from dudes after. Yeah, (laughs) it'd be like, I'm done. Done. No more. None. Get out. Um, And then the second one, he was complaining about the fact that she was this intellectual type at first. Then he kind of liked her. Yeah, it was that whole opposites attract thing. Yeah. And then he was just kind of annoyed with her because she still loved his friend. And I think... Uh, subtly, he was doing that thing again in, where he was trying to change the women he was with. Yeah. Well, especially um, Tracy, who is our third our third female. The act- high schooler. Yes. <laughs> the 17-year-old. Yeah. Who just was blah. Yeah. I don't know why he loves, you know, asserting power over women and then just talking about how great he is in bed, like, all the time. It's so, it's such a turnoff. <laughs> it even, he even opens it with that. Like he, so the opening of the movie is over um, different shots of New York, and he's trying to write this first chapter of his book, which never, he never talks about again. He never finishes it. Well, I, he brings it up in an excuse of like, oh, I haven't seen, I seen you lately. And he goes, oh, I've been writing this book, which he, I think he's just saying that. Yeah. As an excuse for being jobless. Yeah. But he he starts off, he's got, like, six different versions of chapter one. And he ends on, like, the one about how he's he's just like New York, the city that he loves. That was a statement that was said quite often. He adored New York City. Yeah. And he was a sexual lion. Yeah, or tiger. Tiger, whatever. Sexual veracity of a tiger or something. Yeah, it was weird. And he's like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. I'm like, gross. Gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Because he, he did the same thing in Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he did it in this every time he's with a different woman. He, ugh. Ugh. Well, I just don't, like, I don't understand why it was attractive I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because normally when people, like, talk themselves up like that, it's, they normally don't have the, especially high school boys. Like, high school boys talk about their conquests all the time, when really they may have possibly felt up a girl one time in the back of a car, but that was, like, one time. But this is a 42-year-old <laughs> guy. Yeah. It was just annoying. Yeah. It, yes. Eye roll. Yeah. I don't remember the first half of the movie as much as I wrote down. Like, I wrote down lots of notes this time, and then I just got bored. I like this note. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he constantly is pointing out that he is like New York, and it's the city that he loves. Okay, and then, so it starts out after that, they're in Elaine's restaurant with, he's there, his name is Isaac, uh, Tracy, the high schooler, who's his girlfriend, is there, and then his friends, who are a married couple, Yale and Emily, are there. Because his name is Yale. Like, really. That was confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't say any of their names until, like, halfway through the movie. Even then, I don't think, like, they said them to a point where you knew who they were talking about. Right, yeah. And especially if you're gonna name your character Yale, and only talk about his name in reference when somebody's talking to somebody else. Yeah. You think you're talking about the collegiate college. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they're at this restaurant, and there's clearly this sexual tension between Woody and this young girl, and it's gross. I didn't pick up on that. I just picked up on. Well, he's she's like super staring at him, and he's lighting the cigarette and stuff. Oh that's yeah, sexual that's sexual tension. Okay, I just I was just found it creepy every time he like brushed her shoulder or her back yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, and he kept on referring to her as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like. He felt guilty for being with her, but loved being with her. Yeah, I didn't quite, like, understand what that was about. I just feel like, okay, I feel like Woody Allen, like, has these things in life, and he purposely goes and finds these weird and obtuse things to do so that he has something to complain about. Mm-hmm. Because that, he's always constantly complaining. Even when it's something that he himself has said, oh, no, I really want you to do this, or I really want, you know, you to be happy, and blah, 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 blah. And then he's completely the opposite, saying, oh, well, what about me in this situation? What Mm -hmm. about, it's just like, dude, back up. (laughs) Take a breath. She's 17. If she wants to go to London, let her fucking go to London. Yeah, especially if it's for education. Yeah. Ugh, ugh, ugh. More on that later. Then the next scene, I feel like, This is going to be like Annie Hall all over again. I'm not... It's a lot of talking. Well, it's also a lot of talking, but it's also like a lot of... Nothing? Talking about nothing. Yeah. Yeah, there isn't... Like, I I understand that he was trying to, like, be this poignant kind of... He's trying to make this movie about just the monotony of personal relationships and how they can kind of be a lot of work. Yeah, and and I got the big question... There is a big question that I do want to talk about with you, and is that, um, should we mate for life, or are we capable of, you know, multi-polyamorous relationships? I think it's just, it's a personal, like, decision. I think we should be open to whatever our bodies and and what our hearts, for lack of a better term, are, are saying to us, and we shouldn't judge others for their personal mm-hmm. decisions. Because I think what works for someone in a polyamorous relationship works. It's obviously, you know, something that they are comfortable with and what they're, they're wanting. Now, personally, I couldn't do that because it would drive me a little insane. Just trying to be in a relationship with one person is difficult. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just, like, that's, it's hard because... Everybody has their own personal experiences that lead them to how they look at life and how they look at their relationships. I think Mm -hmm. that's, like, the hardest hardest thing. I think what this movie doesn't answer is any of that because it takes something like that and just makes it all sneaking around and not talking about it. Well, that and it doesn't, it doesn't, it addresses it and says this is what this movie is about, but then it doesn't it's not honest about it it's not honest with like he is obviously conflicted about his relationship with this young girl Mm -hmm. like yes i get it there are people that are attracted to younger significant i guess i shouldn't say say younger significantly younger opposite sex because i know there are women out there who are like that as well so i can't i guess i can't just say that woody allen is a weird, disgusting human being. Unless what he did to Mia Farrow's daughter is real, then he is a disgusting human being that needs to not be around people. So I, as, I can't fully judge him for his relationship with Suyi because it is weird to me because it isn't something that I would be comfortable with because how could someone who has an age difference of 30 to 40 years understand that other person. But I understand, you know, there are people who are younger or older than their their years suggest and people click in weird and ways. So that's why I don't want to judge or place like a weird mm-hmm. kind of stigma on it. Harold and Maude. Exactly. Like you can't like that they had that weird connection and you you understood it mm-hmm. even though it wasn't something that with that we or that me personally would go about trying to have a relationship for if that happened if that happened yeah it would be like a different I would have a better understanding of it but with this you didn't get that connection you didn't it was just like she was his prize yeah he's he's a bit of a sexual predator 
Well, it's all about sex. Yes. It's not just, like, the predatory bit about it. It's just that he feels he is the greatest at it in the world, so he deserves certain things. He's messed up. Okay. That was good Good talk. Good game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the movie. This next scene is with um, Yale. I just wrote down Guy for, like, half of this thing. Yale. Uh, this next scene is with Yale and his wife... Emily, and she says that she wants kids, and he's just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's how it ends. But I didn't understand why this scene I think existed. it exists to kind of show why he's, like, cheating, or he's just, he is also going through a midlife crisis. See, I didn't get that. I didn't get that there were, I did not understand, like, I guess the midlife crisis thing of it it's all. It's like in Juno. But Juno seemed more, like... Innocent? Direct. Yeah. I guess would be a better... Well, and Juno, Juno didn't know what... He was going for. Yeah. And until he was like, what do you think we're doing here? What do you think this is? Yeah. What am I to you? And she's just like, what? (laughs) Well, I think that's, that's like, an honest representation of a high school... Like, high schoolers are still trying to figure themselves out. They're kind of in between these, like, being a child and being an adult, and... You know, can you be friends with adults, and can you, like, there's, there is that whole dynamic. Especially married adults. Yeah, and can you be friends with, like, I, I felt like I was f- more friends with my teachers in high school, because I just hated the people that I went to high school with sometimes, because it just was so much drama, and I didn't like, like, that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I think that if they would have, exp- or if Tracy would have expressed more of that, like, not necessarily confusion, but more of personality. Yeah, she was blah. Yeah, she was just a blank. That's why I, I, since it's coming from Woody Allen's perspective, it's, she's just the prize. Mm-hmm. And that just, it really bothered, it really bothered me and it took me out of the movie a lot. Because I couldn't, I couldn't sympathize with him. Because it just, I couldn't make that connection of, well, why should, I, I, I don't like this person. Like, this is not a person, this is a person who's taking advantage of situations and then bitching about them. <laughs> <laughs> you should write that review on Netflix. <laughs> that's a perfect one-line review. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's what I get from Woody Allen. And, and I, I understand that maybe people get, like, a different thing of it. They get his existential crisis or his one-liner, like, this is what life is mm-hmm. kind of thing. And maybe that is what his life is. Maybe, th- and that's perfectly fine. It's just, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be preached to about how horrible you have it <laughs> when you clearly don't have it that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then he's uh, kind of stalking again, his usual <laughs> mode of finding women is stalking. Uh, his ex-wife, his second ex-wife, Meryl Streep, and they have a fight. Because she's writing a book. Because she's writing a book about him. And their breakup mm-hmm. and their marriage. Mm-hmm. Which they... was interesting to see young Meryl, who she gave no fucks. <laughs> I liked her. I feel like I like her the most. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't in it all that yeah. often. But when she was, she was great. She's just like, Ugh. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You tell it. <laughs> It was just, like, a visual representation of everything that we were experiencing. And it, it was just, she had these really short, they were, like, two two to five minute scenes. And I think she had three of them. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And we were just, like, we want the movie about her. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have I would have been more intrigued. Because the, the, the whole thing, at least through the first, like, 20 minutes the setup is is that she's writing a book and then he's also writing a book so i wanted to see more of like that that parallel of Mm -hmm. like well she successfully was writing a book and he had like just started yeah but he wasn't this part he's just he he did tell her that he was writing a book and she was just like yeah it's just in the beginning stages like so in the beginning of the movie at least they were on similar footing oh you're right yeah so but then, throughout the movie, he, like, gets sidetracked through all of these different things, and then all of a sudden, her book is already being sold in stores. Yeah. And there's a possible movie gonna be made about it, and he's bitching about that. 
And it's just like, then write your book. Like, don't, don't take her down for utilizing your shitty marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we have a scene with uh, Tracy and Isaac, and they talk about their relationship. I don't know if it's this scene, but in general scenes with her, he's like, you gotta go out and, like, live more or something. Yeah. Oh, this is that, it's, like, really, the movie is very dark. Mm-hmm. So it's it's shot in black and white, which was... I don't know if it was to save money or if it was just on purpose, but it is super, super contrasty in its black and whiteness. And so there's times where you can't really see what's going on, but this was a huge wide shot that showed the staircase that went upstairs in his old apartment and then his whole entire living room and part of his kitchen. And they're, like, separated Mm -hmm. through the black and white, by him being on the staircase and her being in the living room. And you don't, you can't tell what's going on. You're supposed to, I guess, be more focused on their dialogue. And he's constantly telling her, you know, when I was your age, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't, they were talking about how how she had had other, two other relationships already. Yeah. And that she shouldn't stay the night. Yeah. But I didn't understand why he was so confused by her having two other relationships because it's it's high school isn't that what isn't that what people do how many relationships did you have in high school i had one but i had two i i know other yeah see i know other people who had multiples (laughs) i like that it's multiples it's just well not just not just you like Mm -hmm. sam Mm -hmm. sam had multiples and I mean, Sam. Sam's a whole other different story, as we've already determined. He's emo Danny Zuko. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's kind of why I was so confused on why he was upset that she already had two other relationships. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was the 70s. Maybe. This was the year my sister was born. Oh. In 1979. Ow. I don't know. I don't know what 79 music would have sounded like. It's like... Disco. Oh, okay. But I thought disco was gone by the 80s. I want a movie where disco and punk go at, like, go at each other. Like, just war it out. I don't know how you would make that into a movie, but that sounds like it would be an awesome movie. I'll look into that. We should probably talk about this movie some more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. So the next day, uh, Tracy and Isaac go to an art gallery and they run into Yale. Yale and his mistress, Mary, Mary, who is Diane Keaton. Annie Hall. Yeah. And this is where they first meet and they have their disagreeances. They're like, and she's very rude. She's like, oh, you like that art? Oh, it was very terrible. Yeah. That's where, she, that's where I don't like her, because, like, every time somebody says they like something, she's like, ugh, 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 ugh. I'm like, how rude. She's, like, the original hipster. <laughs> and where's she from? Philadelphia. Yep. <laughs> if you didn't know, Mary's character is from Philadelphia. She says it, like, eight times. Yeah. So then Isaac is uncomfortable and leaves the situation. He's like, we have to go shopping. So they go shopping. And he's just, during their shopping trip, is talking about what a terrible person Mary is. Yeah, which is weird. Like, I'm going to talk about another woman while I'm grocery shopping and expecting you to carry my groceries around this grocery store. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Um, and yeah, he's talking about, it's very, he's talking about how it's weird that Yale has this wife and then he's with this mistress and... And how his wife is is a good person, and, you know, he should be thankful, and Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. Then we see uh, Isaac's jab at a TV show. He's a TV writer or something, but he quits. Yeah, I wrote down, he gets fired from his TV job, because I thought he got fired. I didn't realize he quit. But then, shortly thereafter, he whines about rich people things. Yeah, like, immediately <laughs> next scene, he's like, I regret doing that. Like, when he's in the bookstore with Yale, he's like, I regret. <laughs> My accountant says that this is a horrible time because nothing is liquid or yeah. something, and there's no cash flow. Nothing I, is flowing. I has regrets. Which is a, I feel like it's a Woody Allen trope. He does something, and he's like, I shouldn't have done that. It is. It's a Woody Allenism. Mm-hmm. Then they're at 
a, well, he is at, I don't know who he's with or if he's with anybody. He's at this, I don't know, I asked you if it was an ERA rally. I didn't know, it was like at some museum. It was was at the museum. But I didn't quite understand because he was just complaining and whining about how he didn't have any money and he couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And then he immediately goes to this museum gala, which I'm assuming was rather expensive to get into. Maybe he already had tickets. But still, like, why wouldn't you sell the tickets? Mm. So, um, Mary is there with her genius friends. And he's like, oh, you again. And then they talk some more. Wasn't she a journalist? Maybe. I think yeah. that that's brought up at some point, that she's a journalist. So that's yeah, why she's... She has some sort of writing job. I believe it's journalism. Yeah. Something. Um, but then... Just when you think they're disgusted with each other, they go walk each other home. They, like, share a cab and walk home together. And then they walk her dog. Yeah. They talk about uh, Mary's exes and Isaac's ex-wife and how she left him for a woman. And she's like, oh, that's emasculating. And And then they have dinner together. And then they're sitting by the river in that famous... The bridge shot. Bridge shot. The Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, so they pretty much have a date. <laughs> With a dog. Mm-hmm. Which, every time the dog was on, like, barked or did anything, Xander, <laughs> my dog would stare at the speakers and do the head tilt thing. Yeah, and the dog's name was Waffles. Yeah. <laughs> Xander and Waffles. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna have to get a dog, another dog now and name it Waffles. Or Pancakes. <gasps> Ooh. You should get a dog and name it Pancakes. Yeah. Um, Yale is on the phone with Isaac, and they talk about apartment hunting. Oh, I forgot to mention this when they were at that party. Did you catch the the conversation about the creepy filmmaker guy? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He was just like, he wants to make a film about a guy who's so good at sex that he kills a woman who has an orgasm that is so complete and cry-inducing that she dies. Yeah. And I liked how nobody liked it, this idea. They were like, that's so homicidal. And he's like, what? I didn't understand why. The reason that I wrote it down was it was like this clear, interesting, like, paralyzation, or not paralyzation, but um, parallel to Woody Allen at the beginning talking about how he's so good in bed. Mm-hmm. And it's like he didn't like it because... It, it's, it makes it creepy. Everybody's creepy. Nobody's yeah. good. No one's good. Everyone sucks. The whole world yeah. is a mess. So Mary doesn't want to be with Yale anymore because she's just weirded out by him being married and them getting just too close. And Yeah. She, she's like, no, it's a bad idea. Bad idea. Take it back. <gasps> Isaac goes to visit Jill and her partner to get his son. And they fight. Because they always fight. Mm-hmm. Though, he was, like, constantly denying all of these things that he had already admitted to Mary that he did. Mm-hmm. And was making her, like, seem like the bad person. Yeah. And then Mary calls Yale because she wants to hang out, but he won't. So she calls Isaac. So they go for a walk, but that turns into an electrical storm in the park. I completely blocked this out. Did I fall asleep? Uh, I think you're on your phone. <laughs> No, oh, they, I think this is when I was looking up who everyone was, because I was yes. so confused. Yeah. No, they, they're in this thunderstorm in the parks, so they run into the planetarium, and then they oh. have their date in there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this was when I was looking up everyone's names. <laughs> yeah. So they're having, I don't know, they're just talking in this planetarium. And she wants to go out with him again. She wants to make a date, and he's, like, turning her down, like, I'm too busy. I gotta write this book. Mm-hmm. So, Isaac has a date with Tracy, and they're having pizza, and she tells him that she has an opportunity to go study in London, and he's like, that's great, and she's like, well, what's gonna happen with us? And he's like, well, don't think, don't think about that, you're, you're young, and this is fine. At this point, he definitely, like, wants to end it with her, the 17-year-old. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't. yeah. He was willing to let her go because he had this, like, replacement for her already lined up. She's, he's like, well, what do you want to do tonight? And then they have a carriage ride in the park and they make out in the carriage. Oh. 
I feel like all of her scenes are just so unmemorable because they're just so devoid of any emotion. Yeah, she's got this blank face and she's got this really high baby voice. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was just really soft. Like, she talks like this. Like, she talks like she's trying to pretend to be Marilyn Monroe. I think she's just a baby. Well, she's supposed to be a baby because she's a child. Then Mary's upset that Yale was flaky about that thing, about that day that they he couldn't get together. And then Isaac is in bed with Tracy and he's bothered by the upstairs noise so much that he cannot copulate with her. Well, he's also upset with the water. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's complaining about everything mm-hmm. again. This is, this is what happens. He just, like, goes into a scene and finds something to complain about. Yeah, and then there's a scene with Yale and Mary, and she's upset that they're ending. Ugh, everybody's just, like, That's why I don't have any details, because it was just, like, but I'm upset that you're with this person, or why can't, oh, I don't know what would make me happy. I feel like if this had been made, like, today, things would have been much clearer Mm -hmm. on each character a little bit. Like, I feel like Yale's character would be the comic relief instead of the annoying best friend. Yeah, it seemed like the movie was also about him, too. It was just about, it was about male, I don't want to say it was about male dominance, but it was about male... Insecurity? Yeah. Nobody knew what they wanted. Nobody knew what they wanted, and nobody was willing to kind of compromise for anything. Yeah, and they would all sneak around behind each other's backs. Yeah. Then there's a scene, I don't know, Mary sees Isaac, but then there's another scene where Isaac is in bed with Tracy and they're eating Chinese food. Watching TV. And he's, like, super happy that she wants to watch W.C. Fields films Mm -hmm. with him. And he feels like... He gets all, like, kissy with her for that. Yeah. It seemed like they do have stuff in common, whereas, like, he doesn't have stuff in common with Mary, but gets along with her on a more adult level. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like maybe he's torn between these two women that if they were the same woman, it'd be, like, the perfect woman for him. Yeah, like, he wants somebody who he can explore new adventures through their eyes with, but also kind of push back on him. Like, he wants somebody agreeable, but not agreeable. He doesn't know what he wants. He's Woody Allen. <laughs> well, I mean, he knows what he wants at this point. Yeah. In life, I would uh, hope. I don't know. I've never... These are the only two Woody Allen movies that I've ever seen, and I have no desire to see any others. Midnight in Paris was good. He wasn't in that. But it's also about a guy kind of figuring out what he wants from but, women in life and stuff. But not figuring out what he wants. I think that one ends positively. It's it's more of a structured film and it's fun and fantastical so it's better when he is not starring in and directing yeah is what you're saying yeah and has a good cast and i don't know owen wilson was good as the woody allen character i don't know i can't just based on this i just i don't think that i would enjoy woody allen stories yeah but i think Midnight in Paris works more as a romantic comedy because when you see the engaged... It's one of those movies where you see the engaged couple and you're like, those two people shouldn't really be together. So you're Mm -hmm. fine when he starts, like, seeing other people and stuff. When he starts branching out. Yeah, even though the branching out is... uh, It's complicated. You'll see it. Okay. I don't know. Don't see it. I don't care. I'm not excited, but I am slightly intrigued. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what it's I feel about good, Woody Allen. It's got good ca- talent in it. Well, he tends to get good, get good talent, right? Isn't yeah. that why it was such a big deal when yeah. those articles came out? Yeah. Asking people to walk off set. Okay, okay. Back to the movie. Mm. He's uh, playing racquetball with Isaac, and Isaac encourages him to call up Mary. He says, Mary said she liked you. Just give her a call. Get her off my hands, you know? Because Isaac, or not Isaac, because um, Yale... Yale he doesn't know, like, he doesn't want to be with Emily. His wife? His wife. But he didn't want to be with Mary. But he did want to be with Mary. I don't think he knew what he wanted. <laughs> well, I don't think, I think he was just, I think he saw it as being complicated and just jumped out of it right there. Okay. Because I didn't get the impression that he wanted to break up with anyone. 
He didn't want to break up with his wife, but he didn't want to be with his wife. But true, yes. But he also he wanted to have he wanted to have like the flexibility of an open marriage, mm-hmm. basically, or an open relationship. Yeah, it's just nobody wanted to talk about it. Well, nobody wanted to like take into account the other person's feelings. Yeah, they just wanted to like, oh, my feelings are taking over. Ah! And it's not even just like not having a conversation about your feelings. It's not even consider not even really considering the other person's feelings. Like Emily wanted to have like a legitimate conversation with Yale about having kids because that's, you know, that that tends to be like a conversation that one would have in a relationship like whether or not you want to procreate or They were married 12 years. Yeah. That should be a conversation. Mhm. Even if you have established that you don't want to have kids, people still would tend to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. It just, it was just like, he just didn't want to do anything. No one wanted to do anything except for hide things. Like, they didn't want to talk, they wanted to hide their feelings, they wanted everything to be perfect and fine, and that's, I... <sighs> and Woody Allen wanted to have lots of sex. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, I don't understand why they can just ask for those types of relationships or seek out those types of relationships instead of continue to, like, uh, hoard the women, like, freaking Pokemon cards and then fight about it when it comes to the head when Yale wants Mary back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with these people, man. Okay, so Isaac kisses Mary, but she doesn't want to get involved. She doesn't want to be like, well, I just ended a relationship. I don't want to jump from relationship to relationship. Yeah. They go to an art museum. And then they get in a relationship. Yeah, they're making out at his place. So she didn't want to get into a relationship after being in another relationship, but she did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Then Isaac picks up Tracy from school, and she gives she gifts him a harmonica, and then he wants to break up with her. And she's in love with him, and he loves somebody else. That's what he says. I don't think he was being honest there at all. I was confused on who else he would be loving. Yeah, that's why I think he, he just said it. He didn't, I don't think he was really in love with anybody else, but he's like, well, I'm in love with somebody else, just to, like, break it off. Yeah. And then she cries. Oh, yeah, and this is when he touches her face. And yeah, says, he's like, don't, don't cry. cry. Yeah. <laughs> but he does it with, like, his fingertips. He's just, like, he looks like a monkey and is just stroking her cheek with this creepy chimpanzee hand. And it just was so weird. Thanks for stroking my cheek, Ashley. I needed to express it to you, Justine. get all my tears off. Yeah. He's like, boop. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> oh, you could totally do that sound edit because his hand comes in his face and in there. So you can totally be like, boop. Yeah. Boop. <laughs> boop, boop. Beep, doop. I would be more amused by this if that happened. Okay, so back to this. Okay. So he has, he dates Mary, and he has sex with her, and then dates with Mary. Oh, it's like montage. Yeah, they go on a bunch of dates, and they have sex, and they go on a bunch of dates, yep. and then they have sex, mm-hmm. and they go on a bunch of dates, and then they have sex, and then the montage ends. But then Yale's wife is like, let's all date, let's all double date, let's get together. Which is incredibly awkward when they meet. Yeah, awkward date that's what i wrote right here awkward date <laughs> a stage show i don't know well yeah they go to the stage show and then they go to like a pier where mm-hmm. they find the book the book goes from awkward date to shopping and they run into mary's ex-husband vizini <laughs> and he's like inconceivable <laughs> no we were just yelling that <laughs> i don't know what happened we were just yelling inconceivable at the tv <laughs> after every line we were just like inconceivable and then he left and i was like oh come back it definitely made it more funny when mm-hmm. we would yell inconceivable. <laughs> they'd be like how you've been inconceivable <laughs> oh 
oh, that's nice. You look good. You look really nice. Inconceivable. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That was, yeah, that was the best part of the movie. (laughs) Which was directly followed by Sam exiting the bedroom and seeing me watching the movie and looking, like, I guess, really angry about life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Yale calls Mary and he misses her, and, they, and then they double date again, and they find, they're on the pier, and they find Jill's book now published in the bookstore, and they're, like, reading it to him, and he's just like, ugh, kill me now. But they were all accurate, truthful, like, statements mm-hmm. about, like, his psyche. Mm-hmm. So he visits Jill and yells at her. Says he's gonna strangle her. Yeah. So then... Uh, here's where the third act comes in. Mary thinks she's still in love with Yale, and she has started seeing him again. Well, this is after, like, he's made, like, several mopey phone calls to Mary, and it's just like, I miss you, come back, come back to my life. hmm Isaac, he's upset, says it won't work out. Mm. That it failed before, it's gonna fail again, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he goes for a walk see Yale and they're well he doesn't just go for a walk he like literally runs down the streets of New York and then stomps into the high like he walks past this tree and smacks a leaf (laughs) off of the tree and then stomps into the the school or the high school where he works yeah and then they start fighting over her yeah Yale's like I liked her first (laughs) and then Woody Allen goes well what are we six years old and it's like yes Yes, you are. This is the movie right here. (laughs) You guys being like, oh, I saw her. No, I like her. (laughs) So, yeah, they're just fighting over her and sneaking around behind each other's backs. Apparently she was seeing both of them. I don't know. Then there's a montage where he's hanging out with his son. Yeah, and he had this sweatshirt where they're, like, at this baseball league or whatever. And the sweatshirt that they both are wearing reads, Divorced Parents, uh... Divorced Parents, Fathers, and Sons League. Mm-hmm. It was a very long-worded sweatshirt, <laughs> but it was a thing. And it was super funny and weird. Yeah. So then uh, he has dinner with Emily, and he talks about how he regrets letting Tracy go. He's like, remember Tracy, the kid? I, I, re- I regret breaking up he with like, her. He, like, gestures, like, <laughs> the short the short uh, gesture yeah. that you do with your hand. Like, yeah, you know, the kid? The little tiny <laughs> little girl. That I was doing it with, and yeah, I regret leaving her. She was the best. And then Emily blames Isaac for setting up Yale and Mary. She's like, I blame you. Because Yale is still not truthful. Yeah. It's like at that point, dude, when you're like at a private lunch, like a one-on-one lunch with your best friend's wife, like just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Tell her the truth. Like don't let her sit there and believe that it's your fault. Yeah, I get the bro code or whatever, but at this point, he's just being dumb. And he's already taken your girl from you, so where, why, why do you still like this guy? Mm. But then he starts, like, narrating it, turning it into a movie. Yeah, it was weird. He's like, scene one for short play, and I'm like, ugh, or short movie. Again. Oh, this is when he was talking, like, into the, the, the tape recorder, recorder yeah. and was, like, having an existential crisis, and I was just like... I zoned out. Well, at this point, I was just so tired of hearing his voice. At this point, I was like, oh, this is the end of the movie. I'm done. I'm free. Yeah. But then he takes out the harmonica, and this is where he's running. Oh, okay. Because he's trying to call up um, Tracy, and he doesn't get her number, or nobody's answering, so he's running, he's running to her place, and he just caught her before leaving for uh, London, and he's like, don't go to London, which I was like, you are the biggest jerk in all of Jerkovania. Yeah. Disrupting this poor child's education. Yeah. And she's like, oh, but my parents are already there and they've made plans and everything's all set. I have to go. And he's like, no, no, stay with me. I need you, baby. But she's like, but I'll be back in six months. And he's like, oh, <laughs> six months is forever. Then why did you push her to go to this program in the first place? And then just stop calling her and, like, leave her alone. Like, just leave her alone. You've done your damage. Mm -hmm. Move on. Yeah. That's pretty much where it ends. Yeah. 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 His book has never come back. Mm -mm. He's not writing a book anymore, I guess. Yeah. 
He's just a sad little man who nobody loves. Except he loves himself, but he's great at sex, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The end. Thank God. I've got nothing more to say about it. Yeah, the only trivia is that Woody Allen offered United Artists to make a movie for free if they refused to release this movie. He did not think it was on the level that he should be at, but they released it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it got nominated and stuff, so everybody got paid. Yeah. I don't know how- I do not know how this got nominated. Because it's not like Annie Hall where there were, like, things that were influ- influential that you can see throughout mm-hmm. history. With this, it's just like, was it just a bad year? Did Yeah, I have no idea why it's on so many, like, great reviewed. Yeah, it's, like, in the Library of Congress for being culturally important. It's on their list. Yeah. The funny thing about this is is that Woody Allen seems to be kind of obsessed with uh, Sigmund Freud, who later on, his methods and psychology have been slowly and surely whittled away mm-hmm. <laughs> as being incorrect. His methodology is completely and utterly obtuse. And it makes sense why this, why people who were brought up maybe in the era of being told these things based on Sigmund Freud, and then our generation, which is very devoid of that, yeah, could not understand this. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where I need to analyze, like, actually sit down and maybe take it scene by scene and do what I did in film school to try and, like, really understand what he's trying to say. Because I don't, I don't get what he's trying to say. I'm so bored and I have no time to sit there and kind of divulge into it. Mm-hmm. Where you know how, like, movies have that, that pace, that nice, like, breath in between when you get important information? With this, you, you don't have that. You don't let it... It doesn't get a chance to sink in. So you're constantly always having to be like, okay, well, I need to pay attention now to this information. And instead, it's just, like, information overload when you're in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing rises to the top. Yeah. So that's where I think it has a lot of problems and where Woody Allen in general, at least this era of Woody Allen, has issues. Because he doesn't quite understand how to express these things in film. I don't know. I just don't feel impacted in Mm -mm. any way by it. And that's what I want. That's what I want from a movie. Like, even if it's so super dumb and just ridiculous in its story, if I'm still, like, in it, or with the characters, I'm gonna have a good time. Like, Deadpool is super dumb and ridiculous, <laughs> but it's it's a great, like, it's told really well, visually. Freaking Inside Out was a beautiful movie in its animation, but then its story, like, hits really hard, and it has a little girl who plays hockey in it. Who cannot love that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, it's like I want I want that. Like, I want to actually feel like you're trying to connect with an audience instead of, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to talk down to you. I'm going to try and sound smart. Or I'm going to try and be yeah. this upstanding human being who's better than everyone else. Do you want to rate this movie? No, not really. Well, we must. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. I have to think of a thing. I've got a thing. Okay. I want you to go first. Okay. I'm going to give it one and a half imaginary books that don't exist. (laughs) That's very similar to my rating. I was giving it, I'm giving it one book by Meryl Streep. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Look at that. It's a nice parallel. I like it. Nice. Ah, good. Okay, I think no more Woody Allen for us. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're done. We're done. We did it. Okay, wrap it up. Let me clear my Next throat. week, Woody Allen. No. <laughs> I hate you. So, next week, we are watching 1982's Author, Author. I love that because there's exclamation points. I know. You did it. <laughs> Thank you. I had to. You got to That's how you have to say it. Author, Author. <laughs> it is clearly punctuated. So, we have lots of thank yous this week. Oh, yeah. People, people I, I, oh, I'm so appreciative of the support we've been getting it's so lovely. Makes makes me. It took only thirty five episodes, but it's happening. 
<laughs> it's big warm hug. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, Miss Wendy. Mm-hmm. Sam. Mm-hmm. Nicole. Nicole from the Feminine Mistake podcast. Uh-oh. I did listen to their Beaches episode last night before oh, I yeah, went to you sleep. you told me this. Mm-hmm. You told me this. And, of course, as always, Papa Genron. <laughs> you love when I say it. Don't lie. That's why I wrote it for you. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter, we have Jenny Fish, Leah, and the Two Girls, One Film podcast. Yeah. Listen to all those episodes, too. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for your, your likes and shares and just being awesome with us. Yes. All your support. Yes. It's like a warm hug, like <laughs> she said. Yeah. <laughs> So, if you would like to be thanked, you can find us and listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And we are also on Facebook and Twitter. Justine is taking the reins on the social media and always good with it. There is different stuff on both. Yes. Twitter is the wizarding world of our podcast with GIFs and jokes and some great articles yeah lots of retweeted articles facebook is the muggle world where the podcast normally lives and and with extra extra video content from us oh yes the videos our 30 second videos our 30 second snippets find those because they're hilarious Mm -hmm. i listen to them if you if you're on the phone you can listen to them all they'll just play one after another oh that's That's, funny it's super entertaining (laughs) If you want to find us on either one of those platforms, we are, our handle is, at Cutaways Podcast. Mm -hmm. All one word. Cutaways Podcast. I finally said it correctly. I used to say the Cutaways Podcast, even though it's not that. It's without the the. See you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.